When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm feeling great. How are you feeling, man? I'm feeling really good. You and I did an unusual thing that we don't normally do. We're doing a two-part episode. This is part two. Hope you listened to the last episode. If you haven't heard part one, definitely check it out. It's the last episode. And then today, Chris, we're picking up right where we left off. That, of course, is on the rules changes, tactics cards changes, banned and restricted list, all these little nuances, affiliation lists, and of course, the meat of today's discussion, all these character card changes, which is what we're most excited about, to be honest. It's finally here. We've been kind of talking about this day for a while. We've been wondering and kind of speculating how the game is going to change with these changes, these big changes, this kind of version two we're launching into. And now comes the most fun part. We get to talk about the character changes, which, you know, that's what we're all here for, really. What's also exciting about this too, Chris, though, is the fact that you and I have tried our very best to hold back. We didn't want to throw like a random enchantress, for instance. We didn't want to throw a random enchantress card change at the top of a character episode or one of our other episodes we've been having lately. You and I just decided early on after that first episode with Omnis, where we kind of covered a couple of those core set characters, we just decided we're going to wait until it's fully out. And then we'll give the listeners our excitement on these character card changes all in one episode. So this is the episode, Chris. We're going to cover every character, even the ones that Omnis and I did. You know, we're going to give a a quick pass on every character in this episode. I think it's going to be really fun because as you and I talked about last episode, not only is the game getting evened out, more exciting, more fun, but these new characters are going to open up a lot of new play styles, excitement. The list goes on, right? It's going to be great. I'm I'm very excited to get into the lab. Well, I think we just need to get right to it because there's a lot to talk about today. So let's go take care of some business. Fury's Finest is sponsored by Discount Games, Inc. Go to discountgamesinc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and miniature gaming needs. 
Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy this show, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. We take this time to thank all of our patrons, and most importantly, Chris, to thank the patron of the week. And this week's very, very special thank you goes to William B. William, thank you so much for your support. Thank you, William. And Chris, we could not do this show without the Avenger-level producers. Zack Attack, Rusty, Keith, and Dylan. Thank you, Fantastic Four. Thanks, guys. All right, Chris, let's just get right into it. So starting off today, Chris, before we even do any characters, we are going to mention Atomic Mass did update the affiliation list. Only with two characters, so it's going to be a quick one today, but I think it's very exciting. Hulkbuster and Miss Marvel now have a place on the affiliation sheets. Hulkbuster is no surprise to any of us. Hulkbuster is on the Avengers and the Avengers only. So that, of course, is Steve's team, Sam's team, or the Hulkbusting team, which is Tony Stark's own version of the Avengers team, our third leadership. But, you know, this doesn't surprise us, right? Oh, no. Welcome to here, Gladys official. I mean, but we we already knew. There was just nowhere else for him. There just wasn't. No. And I think it's good that he's only on one team. I think it's actually pretty cool for the game, too. Sometimes we get characters that are only on one team, and I always find that very interesting. But we had theories, we had ideas, we had questions about Miss Marvel. She is absolutely on the Inhumans team, which makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. She is on the Avengers, but she is not on A-Force. Some people had theories she might be on A-Force. I was one. Yeah, and I was obviously wanting her on the Web Warriors, even though... I didn't think she was necessarily going to make the list. I just think she's going to be a good Web Warrior member, but she has worked with Miles many times. But I think AMG always has a reason for what they do, Chris. I'm very happy she's on the Inhumans because they're getting flushed out more. And then there we go, another Avenger, another great Avenger on the table. It's really shaking out to where the Avengers are just going to be an affiliation that's always viable. There's always going to be an a, a viable Avengers affiliation. And honestly, for the kind of feel for the game. I think that's a great thing. That's a good move. They are kind of the star heroes of this current phase of Marvel we're in. And I think that's pretty strong that AMG's kind of leaned into making their roster big, viable, and different. And I think, Chris, to add on what you said, not only is it going to be viable and fun, but there's different ways you can play the Avengers. There's so many combinations now, three leaders. You can really mix and match the Avengers you like the best and have a lot of fun with it. I think that's where it's getting really exciting, to be honest. Well said. But that's it for the affiliation list. And last episode, we went over every single rule condensed into one episode. Today, we're going to do the same thing with the changed character cards. So just to quickly clarify, if you're in the future or you know, you're just getting caught up on all the news in Marvel Crisis Protocol, of course, this is the digital document that AMG dropped for us with all the new character cards, which is a print and play document. We can print these cards. We can play with them now. But Chris, they've said sometime next year, we're going to get physical printed versions of these cards in a card pack you can buy. So right now, this is kind of like the test phase, but we can play them right now. They're all legal, which is great. I don't know. Maybe when they release the cards in the future, there might be a few more that sneak in, things depending. But right now, this is the ones we know will be in that card pack. And then take that one step further. Every other character who hasn't been changed will also be in that card pack in the new visual format, the sideways cards. So that's kind of the way to wrap your head around it now. And for now, we have just have to print these cards, but we will have a card pack with every character in the future. Very much looking forward to it. Now that I'm used to it, I actually much prefer these sideways cars. 
cards. Well, Chris, in the first moment we saw these, you sang the praises of the visibility of them. And you said that you had some issues in the past reading the old card format. I absolutely did and still do. (laughs) So I think this is a nice change. The text is just very readable. But if you want to follow along with us at home, we have the document open in front of us that Atomic Mass gave us. And we are going to go in alphabetical order, which is the way the doc is laid out. So starting with Black Panther, T'Challa, Chris, we have his new card. And there's only two changes on Black Panther. The first change, his strike. It's exactly the same, except now he can only push characters of size three or less. That's great. Good change. Absolutely good change. And thematic too. Like most characters in the game are size three or less. So he can still push most people. He can push those big guys like the lizard, like Venom, like Kingpin, but he just can't push Hulk anymore or Dormammu. And this, this makes a lot more sense now going forward. And I really like this change a lot. I wouldn't even call it a nerf. I would just call it bringing things in line like we've seen with all these other models where the size restrictions are getting reined in almost for everyone. Which is needed. That's that's how we don't get Shuri in every game. Exactly. It's just a change that has to happen. I'm here for it. I'm happy for it. The last change on Black Panther's card is King of Wakanda. The affiliation Wakanda leadership was changed. It wasn't changed in the way it works. You're still re-rolling dice, but basically the wording and the phase of the game where it's played, it's all been cleared up. It's all been cleaned up. Now it reads, while an allied character is attacking, defending, or dodging during the modified dice step, it may spend one power. If it does, it may reroll one of its dice. So they're clarifying attack, defense, dodge, what phase, what you spend. It's just very direct, Chris, and they're telling you exactly how it happens. I love this. This is already been one of the most consistent leaderships in the game and it's it's the same leadership it's just been cleaned up you know i am all for cleaning up wordings on rules i've said it many times in the last few weeks on this very podcast so yeah i don't have anything more to add to that black panther great changes let's go he's still a great character keep taking him we're moving on chris to quite possibly the most shocking change outside of hulk I was absolutely shocked to see this change, but since I've been able to wrap my brain around it a little bit, I kind of like it. And of course, guys, we are talking about Bullseye. Old Poindexter himself is now a two-threat model. The only character they've ever done this way, where they've legitimately changed the threat entirely. He went from a three-threat down to a two. His health went down. Makes sense. Had to give some concession somewhere. Every time he attacks, he's guaranteed to get one power, no matter what. You don't have to get damage through or anything. If you get damage through, great, but he gains one power. If no damage got through, though, now you have one power to play, I never miss. After an attack made by this character is resolved if no damage was dealt as a result of that attack, this character may use a superpower. The target character now suffers one damage. So if you have characters on one life, Chris, or even two life, I mean... They are in extreme danger when Bullseye is close by because he can guarantee the one damage no matter what, as long as he gets one attack off, and then he might get more, you know? He might get damage in the first attack. A two-threat finisher is kind of a wild idea. I love it. You know, you'd think that it would have to at least be three-threat for what you think of as as a model that can, you know, finish some kills. But Bullseye being that model, I just want someone to take down Dormammu with this. Oh, man. 
just Dormammu on one life and it's so scary because bullseye's on the table. Yep. Also, Chris, like hit and run was already good on him. And now it's just, it's very truly threatening on just a two threat who can just hit and run, deal some damage. He, potentially I'd never miss. Also, let's not forget bullseye's parting shot after attack targeting this character is resolved. It's not even like bullseye has to take damage to do his parting shot either. All right. If you attack him, he can potentially ping you back with a little parting shot damage too. So he's our new little bits of damage chipper and you better watch out because it's very interesting, Chris. The two threats opened up so much with this. We have the raw melee damage with Nebula, where she can kill models higher threat than her. We have the long range glass cannon damage and rocket, but this is a completely different type of damage to threat. Yep. And watch out. I love it. I am already upset with you over how you're going to use him against me. Possibly. I'm pre-mad here. Pre-mad. He fits right into your Sam team. It's just uncanny. That's true. He also fits right back into my uh, old Guardians team, which I'm going to call my new Guardians team, because we're going to get to all these Guardians changes here in a bit. Oh, I'm so excited on that. Oh, I'm so excited. But in closing, Bullseye's down to eight health now, as in four on his front and four on his injured side, but he is two threat. And you know, Chris, the biggest, scariest element of this now, which I know... I'm going to bring up and you're not going to love, but the biggest scariest element of this is you can take Kingpin at four, you can take Taskmaster at three, and you can take Bullseye at two, and you have a nine threat core of affiliated criminals. And it's like, just grab two more models. They're affiliated at nine threat. That's huge. I'm not scared of criminals anymore, man. I don't care. (laughs) I figured it out. I'm not worried about it. I don't even care. This is cool for them. Good for you guys. Good for you, Kyle. (laughs) I don't even care, bro. Couple good gene games off and he gets very confident. Whoa, whoa, don't tell him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. We're going to move to Captain America, Steve Rogers. If you want more in-depth thoughts on this, go back back to Omnis and I's episode where we deep dive into Captain America. Very good episode. Thank you, Chris. Omnis had a lot of wonderful things to say, and we were just in shock at these changes even happening at that moment. It was a nice moment in time captured on the mic, but- Steve has been buffed a lot. So his strike now when he gets the wild push is size three models or less, which is wonderful. His shield throw got buffed up to five dice at range four. Needed. He gains an auto power when he throws his shield, just like Sam. And, you know, that's funny, Chris. When we first saw Sam, that was the first thought you and I had was, man, that'd be nice for Steve to have that. <laughs> right. This is truly scary because Sam's shield does not hit this hard. Steve's does. And if you get a wild trigger, Chris, and you get to ricochet again five dice into someone else, oh, man, it starts hitting hard. They did our guy justice. I know this is the the Steve Rogers they would ship in the box if they could redo everything. 100%. He is finally in line with other four threats. He can dish a little bit of damage, and we all know how tanky survivable he is how many extra turns he buys for some of your glass cannon type characters man he got a lot better and his his leadership was already so good it was already one of the best leaderships in the game it's just that everyone always assumed his leadership's so good that steve can't necessarily be as good as the other fours he was paying a tax for it yeah and now i'm gonna be quite frank chris i think you can start splashing Steve and other teams and just trying it out. And he's a formidable four because he is providing you tons of tankiness, a great range attack, a strike with a push, a spender 
with a throw, which is now size three as well. And his spenders only cost two. It's a, it's always been a great spender. It's a six. It's a strength of six only costs two. And then it guarantees an auto throw. You don't even have to deal damage. It's just a size three throw. So then you add in, he has bodyguard and the vibranium shield, which turn his defenses of four, four, three, taking those up a little bit. Of course, the physical and energy. And we have a formidable four. I mean, Steve would be good in any team right now. He's good, man. I've still yet to try Sam and Steve's team. And I think that's going to be a new thing that's very scary too. Like Steve is the leader, Sam getting all these discounted charges and things and just shield throws everywhere. Let's move on. I don't want to get a headache. <laughs> Speaking of corset changes, though, we've got. I'm very excited about this one. This has been needed and needed and needed. I'm not even a huge fan of this character, right? But I like these changes. Of course, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, she's here. Binary form has been discounted down to four power now, and this is where you want her to be all game, is to be binary forming as much as possible, because this takes her up to that quasi five threat, like you and I talked about on our Captain Marvel episode, Chris. And I think it's possible now in Avengers, in A-Force, she's going to be a threat because they already have economy fixing leaderships. And this is all she really needed to take her over the edge. It's very exciting, Chris. It's very exciting. She might as well be a five threat in A-Force, I'm convinced. Honestly. In the right hands. She's going to have binary form almost every activation. After, what, turn one, she's probably going to have binary form available to her for almost every act for every activation, maybe until fifth or sixth. Yeah. Yeah. If you're playing a ride and you're passing that power, right? It's a very exciting thing. Now, also, Chris, she got immunity to incinerate which also helps her defenses a lot and is thematically so on point. She was already immune to poison. Now she's immune to poison and incinerate. What do you think about that? These immunities are very underrated. What are some of the things that we love about some crisis cards? It's that they give auto incinerates. Yep. Demons downtown. She gets really scary on that, right? Yeah, man. Uh, And it's just, you love to see little changes like this. Like I was, I've been saying this for a couple months now. The minutia in this game is mm-hmm. about to get a lot more important with the changes to turn zero, turn one. The little where you can sneak immunities in, especially like immunity from bleed when you see blade across the table from you. Things like that are going to start being a lot more important than they were, in my opinion. I couldn't agree more. Let's also not forget, Chris, that she's always been a formidable player in Cabal because Mm, good point. she deals consistent damage. Her energy blast is one of the coolest attacks in the game. It's range four, four dice. This character may reroll any number of attack dice in this pool. If she's in binary form, she's adding additional dice to that attack, and she gets as many rerolls as she wants. It's just got Cabal written all over it. Now, I will say her throw was also increased. It's better. The Danvers special went from size three to size four. So now you can pay three to throw a size four character or a size four piece of terrain. You know, Chris, we see this a lot with characters. Some characters have terrain, some have characters, some have both at a premium cost. This is a size four throw at three cost, either terrain or characters. She is going to be a force. It's one of those things like you can't give her too much power. And then if she's in binary form all the time and you're attacking her, 
Well, that's when energy absorption comes into play, which is exactly how it was before, but it gets better now because she has immunity to incinerate. She's going to have binary form off. I just, it's just one of those things we got to get her to the table more and just try these changes out. I have a feeling she is a major offensive threat at this point in time. We just need to hop on TTS and take, take things for a spin for sure. Absolutely. Moving on, Chris, to Corvus Glaive. This is the first character on this list that was actually decreased a little bit. He was cooled off a little bit. So what happened with Corvus is his death blow spender, which is one of the better spenders in the game, because essentially he gets a free advance built into it. It's very high action economy, you know, viability. The death blow also can get a strike too, if you do it right. So you can get a, you get a, you get a free advance. And then if you get the trigger, you get a strike. Originally it was a wild trigger for flurry after the sack is resolved. Corvus gets to make a strike attack. Now it's a wild and shield, which, you know, interesting they chose the shield because it's a result you never like on attacks, but now he has to get a shield to get that free strike. Very good. Very good change. Agreed. 100%. That's a good change. Deathblow could have stayed the same if he was a 5-5 five, five threat character, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Well, and, and he typically is a 5 threat character because people always take him with the reality gym. Truth. The other change on Corvus was Husband of Proxima Midnight was changed slightly. Originally, it used to read at the end of of Corvus's activation, if he is within range four of Proxima Midnight, Corvus may use a superpower, then Proxima could activate. Now that has been reduced to range three. So they have to be a lot closer together now, Chris. It doesn't sound like that much more, but it genuinely is because now they both can't be contesting different objectives necessarily on most maps. So they kind of reined that in in a big way. You can't have like Proxima on a side C and Corvus on a middle C. You just can't do that anymore. If you do do it, you kind of have to move one of them back towards the other one before the end of the turn. So you can still kind of do it, but gives you less viability on the objectives. Good change. But that's it for Corvus, Chris. We've got to move on to someone I'm very excited about. I was going to say, you are just gleeful about this. And this is a complex one. There's a lot going on here. We're talking about Ebony Maw now. So we're staying on this Black Order train. We got lucky with the alphabetical elements here. Ebony Maw, Chris, is a character I've played a lot in this game. And, you know, certain times he worked for me in the old Ebony Maw, but when he didn't work, it just felt really flat. It felt like it felt like a four threat not working. You know, and the times he was working, he felt like, oh, a five threat that's working. That's kind of the way to frame yeah. it. So now they have changed Ebony Maw quite a bit. For starters, they gave him more health on the back. He went from four to six. So originally he had seven health on the front, which he still has. And then he had only four health on the back. And that was actually one of his problems. He would just pretty much die immediately, even to like a two or three threat. Now it's up to six. Notable difference. That's very big. Yeah, very big. Now he still gains extra power during the power phase. It's kind of his thing. During the power phase, Ebony Maw gains two additional power. That's the same. And he still doesn't have a true builder because he can't essentially if he had a builder he'd be like a six but what i do like chris is originally his builder gave him nothing it was just an attack the black tongue now the black tongue has been increased from five strength to six strength okay now we're talking range four six strength you know no power cost is pretty big and now it gains him one power after it's resolved originally gave him nothing and then it still has the wild trigger sinister influence which i always loved After this attack is resolved, you may advance the target character short, any direction. 
Obviously, Chris, we're talking six dice mystic now. There's a higher chance for that wild. Big time. And he's gaining one power. So it's very cool. Now, his spenders stayed the same, which I still think is a cool spender. Target character doesn't cool. gain power for you dealing damage to them. And then you get to throw them if you get a wild trigger. That's neat. It's very good. Very worth four. And you know, with that change to Black Tongue, four power is achievable at any given point for him. So that's that's really great. Herald of Doom being being so usable for him now. That's correct. And so now we got to get into his superpowers because there's a lot here. So telekinetic powerhouse is his throw. It's always been a great throw. Size four, throw something long. Okay. It's very cool. That's exactly the same. But they gave him a new reactive superpower called telekinetic deflection. It costs two power. If Ebony Maw would suffer damage from a collision, Ebony Maw may use the superpower. The character does not suffer damage from a collision. Wow. That's cool. You know, in Avengers Infinity War, when they're fighting Ebony Maw and Black Dwarf in New York, it's Strange, Wong, and Iron Man, and Hulk, and there's debris coming at Ebony Maw, and he puts his hand up, and the debris just splits in two. That's that's what this is. He's not taking throws. It's just not happening, if you've got the power. He is just improved so much. It's so true. And what's cool about this, Chris, is his physical defense is still very bad, so he's still weak to beaters that can get around his mind over matter, which we'll get to him in a moment. But now he's just not auto dead if something's thrown at him. Keep the power on him. He doesn't have to take a throw on him. It's incredible, honestly. But you've got to keep that power. Now, mind over matter originally originally was a reactive superpower. It's now been changed to innate. Mind over matter read originally was it was a cost two powers reactive when Ebony Ma is targeted by attack or would make a dodge roll. So the dodge roll part's just gone now. We have a new version of that, which is telekinetic deflection. But you could pay two power to use Ebony Ma's mystic defense against the attack. So you would always use your six mystic defense against whatever attack type it is. Now they've reworded it. They've changed it to the way Enchantress works, which I think is very cool. When an enemy character targets Ebony Ma with an attack, Ebony Ma always uses his mystic defense of six unless the enemy character pays two power. So those those physical beaters and those energy attackers, they've got to pay. And Chris, I haven't mentioned yet, but originally his stats were two physical two energy, six mystic. Now they're two physical. He's still very bad against physical. Four energy. Okay. Very good against energy and six mystic. Great against mystic. So I'm telling you, if you're a beater character, save that power to punch him with physical attacks. Gonna have to. That's, that's, yeah, that's tough. I'm wondering how I'm going to get beast up there. That's true. And I, I still love this, Chris, because it's one of those things like it's rewarding to the enemy because they get to attack you now with their attack against your weak defense, but it's still rewarding to you because you are taxing their economy all game. And I just really love it. it creates a lot of mind games too. You, you've really got to think about how to use your power efficiently. And if you keep spending your power to attack Ebony Maw, you're not doing your superpowers. So there's a, it's a pretty cool. He's so much better. So much better. Here's what's cool, though, Chris. He's still a specialist five, you know? And I don't mean that as a knock on him. I mean, he's he's a psychic mystic powerhouse, but he's got his weaknesses. And, you know, once again, I think you and I have talked about this a lot on the show. This is why we love five so much, because they're specialists of the six threats. You know, they're just not these like Thanos is like this perfect control piece with some beating ability. Magneto's just this model deleter. Hulk's just this model deleter. These are sixes, right? What they do, they do so well at a premium cost. But fives, you know, they're very interesting. Sometimes we have characters like Ebony Maw, and it's like, he's just in your 10 character roster as a flex piece when you see a team that's weak against Mystic, and he's going to just shred them up. 100%. Excellent flex pick. 
this is what I'm kind of seeing the, you know, things like the Cabal and the Avengers as at this point is that is where an Ebony Maw fits in outside of outside of affiliation. And that is as a flex pick for a very specific job for someone like yourself, someone that just has always had a thing for the character. The character makes sense to them. It just works. You're absolutely right. And I don't think Ebony Ma should be everywhere. I think he should be one of the interesting characters in the hands of a good player. And I think that's what he is. I think finesse players that are really passionate about this character are going to make it work. And it's going to be a force. It's going to be very scary. But moving on, Chris, to Enchantress. We had a feeling this was coming. Because we were seeing Enchantress everywhere, and she's been changed slightly. She's been reined in, and I think this is good for the game. I'm way, way about it. So the biggest change right off the bat to her is Siren's Call has been changed. This is her bow to the will of Enchantress. It's affectionately called in the community. But Siren's Call is a way cooler name thematically. And essentially, as long as she had several groupings of two power, she can move a whole bunch of characters at whim. Now it's one character, Chris. So Siren's Call now reads, choose an enemy character within range three and advance that character short. The superheart can be only used once per turn. Just like Modok's card was changed, his bow to the will was changed. This has been changed and this is good. Because she was lining up perfect beams. She was moving people off points left and right. That's a four threat. You know, this isn't a gene, right? This is intentional that this has been reined in for a four threat. Once again, great move. Of all these characters, she was a problem. Absolutely. And I think people were taking her quite literally, Chris, just for this siren's call. Honestly. Oh, yeah. So that's it for Enchantress, Chris. Moving on, we have the first Guardian on the list. And I am so excited to talk Guardians because if you've followed the show for this long, you probably know the team I've played most in this entire game has been the Guardians. There's teams I love. Everyone knows. I love the Web Warriors. I love the Spider Foes. I love Sam's Avengers because Sam's Avengers is giving me the Guardians feel of the Swarm. Several of the Guardians, Chris, got a lot of attention. And we're starting with the first one right now. I'm very excited about this. Gamora is one of my favorite MCU characters. Absolutely. Yeah, I think her model is cool. I've always thought her... I mean, I think I've said this several times on the show over the over the course of the show. I kind of love her kit. She just wasn't good enough. Yeah, that glass cannon melee character. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, one of the highest damage four threats in the game in the top tier of damage. That was always her intention, Chris. That was always her intention. I think these are wonderful changes. So starting with the fact that she now has six stamina on her front side and six stamina on her back side. She originally was five and five. She was essentially just a three threat in health before. Yeah. Now she's more like a normal four threat. Very cool. That's good. This is going to be a huge change for her because we've talked about it many times on this show and we all learned in the community through playing this game. And it's it seems rudimentary, but it's so true. Even one more health, Chris, is so much better than a bunch of extra defensive dice. Just one more health or two more health. In this case, two more health for Gamora because it is guaranteed defense in a way. You know, it's just guaranteed things you have to chew through, even if all your dice are always blank. Bingo. It's huge for Gamora. The only other change she got And it's a huge, awesome change. It should have been on the front end, Chris, because it is thematic. She now has stealth. She cannot be shot in that long range band anymore. Get hit on the approach. 
she's got stealth and she's a long mover. I love it. I love that combination. I think there's a lot of fun things you can do with that. A lot of fun things you can do. She was already a really great long moving character. And now it's like, goodness, just keep her in stealth range until she's ready. And then when she's in the fray, that's okay. She's getting hit because she wants to be in the fray getting hit. She wants to be spending martial prowess as much as she can. We love it. We love it on Scott. It's no different on Gamora. It's just you roll five dice instead of your three defensive dice. So it's just more defensive dice. And then if you don't suffer damage, they suffer damage. It's why Scott's is so good as well. And it's even better on Gamora, I think, than Scott because she's in the thick of things and chopping up a lot and getting power. Because let's not forget, Chris, Gamora has a strike that is like our five and six threats in the game. She has a six strength strike. That is just incredible. It's only range two, but it is six strength. And we also can't forget that she has deadliest woman in the galaxy. When this character makes an attack, she may change one die result to a hit for each wild in the attack roll. So she just gets to modify her dice as well on top of any sort of rerolls you have. Yeah. I'm very excited for the guardians coming forward i will be playing them on uh, tts i might be playing them in person considering i have all the models that's true i don't see why i wouldn't at this point these changes for these characters are just so cool they were out so early they almost might as well have been core yeah core set models mm-hmm. it's just great to see them brought in line with the rest of mcp to date it's just very good to be able to see them back on the table see them back in competition and just having a a greater amount of characters that are viable and good it's just it's what i love about this game yeah and the guardians were always good mono like as in like if you just went all guardians they were they were pretty good they obviously had issues but you know i had a lot of success with them and a lot of fun with them and this would be a trend going forward talking with the future guardians we're gonna cover in the stock i'm just excited to see more splashed guardians outside of like rocket you know that's that's what we're really gonna start seeing a lot it's very very cool but moving on to a model that i will be playing in my guardians list day one chris and it'll be cosmic ghost rider because it just has to be for me (laughs) sure sure well that makes sense with the guardians but the theme oh oh boy i'm you know big excited on this one because yep long time listeners know Ghost Rider Johnny Blaze is the five threat that made me fall in love with five threats. Absolutely, Chris. He's one of you and I's just absolute favorite models. And that's really truly saying something at this point when we're at 100 plus models. He's one of the best models in the game. He's one of the most fun models to play. He's on a large base. He moves medium and then he's got hell on wheels to move long. He is so mobile on top of being an incredible damage dealer, and they gave him the things he needed. So to start, his health on his healthy side was increased to eight Mm. by one. So he went from seven to eight, and then his health on his injured side went from six to seven, Chris. Now he is 15 health. That is a lot. That is a lot of health. Love it. But if it couldn't get any better, it did. So now they have changed Spirit of Vengeance. After attack targeting another allied character is resolved, if it dealt damage, Ghost Rider gains one power. That's global now, my friend. The bubble is gone. There still is the Wicked's Judgment bubble, though. Well, of course, but that power gaining bubble is gone. That's big. Now, like mid or late game, he can 
hell on wheels somewhere else, right? And truly just delete a model and still gain power when your majority of your your team is somewhere else on the map. I really do like that. This is huge, Chris. This is huge. I think he be, just became a flanking character instead of a centerpiece. He really might. And it's one of those things we're just going to have to test it out. But, oh, there's more, Chris. And this is the absolute slam dunk here at the end. He now has four immunities. Four. Oh, baby. He went from zero to four. You were just talking about the viability of immunities earlier. We've always said, I mean, since the character was released, oh, that I've he needed this. immunity to, to incinerate. So we got it. And Hex, uh, right? Of course, he's got immunity to Hex because he's, ghost he's the Ghost Rider. Bleed and poison, just really, really nice. And he's a spirit of vengeance. He's a flaming skull. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. it's If Captain Marvel is immune to poison, of course he's immune to poison. And bleed. I think this just backs up my assertion that he's a flanking five now. He might be, Chris. He really might be. You see Omega Red on the other side? They've got him flanking over there. Same Ghost Rider, man. No poison? (laughs) No poison? Yeah, it's true. I like that. My first thought, because this is the type of player I am, as you know, being a Swarm player, is him in a swarm list because if you have him with sure. a bunch of threes and twos, it was already super viable He's gonna before. Be fed, fed, fed. Yeah. Yeah. I used to play Ghost Rider a lot in the past in the Guardians, and it just turns out that Ghost Rider was buffed and and the Guardians have been buffed now. And it just makes more sense with his global power gaining now, Spirit of Vengeance. Absolutely incredible. But we've got to move on, Chris, to Green Goblin. Now, we have an episode coming on the show about Green Goblin, and we will we will cover this card on the show. And, you know, this is a good point to talk about any characters that are changed before we do their character episode. We will do their new card going forward. Absolutely. But today we're just going to give Green Goblin a quick pass. And Chris, I'm very happy. They only did two changes on his card and they are very cool. His pumpkin bomb went from a strength of four to a strength of five. This is game changing as we know mathematically five dice strikes and onward are just so much better than four dice strikes and we've always talked about goblin has probably one of the coolest kits in the entire game it's just he needs more power so if he can get more striking ability he can do more things continuing with that thought they kept the theme of of his injured side alive where he has a higher dice strike on his injured side but originally it was just five it went from up to four to five now it's five on his healthy side so now it's going up to six So now he's truly a menace on his back. He might be the highest damage dealer for in the game on his injured side. Because I've always said, Chris, he's in the hands of a good player. He's basically a five on the back and watch out for him. He 100% is, which just, I don't know. And I know that you have done some absolutely nuts things with Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. I know you have just single, like wiped my whole team out with him single-handedly before. Okay. (laughs) I don't think he is going to be competitively viable until there is a way to self-induce flipping to the injured side. You can't really ignore him as much now with the five dice strike on the front. So that's a big part of it. You could still just kind of take your lumps until you're ready to focus him down. Well, I'll tell you how he's viable now, Chris. It's the final change on his card. Affiliation Spider Foes was subtly changed, and this is what I've been playing in recent months When we after we got the Goblin card to really feel how the Spider Foes truly feel. Now, it's once per turn while an allied character is attacking during the modify opponent's dice step. It's actually worded really well in here. It's completely worded out in the right step. It may re-roll one of the opposing defense dice. You don't have to pay a power anymore. You just get to do it. 
once per turn. So it's not per attack or anything like that. It's just once per turn, similar to the X-Force, except for them, it's their attacks. For the Spider-Foes, it's one of the enemy's defense results. And it's always been a good leadership, but it costs power, which was rough for the Spider-Foes, Chris, because they have weaker builders. And now that this is free, they, they always have had weaker builders because they have so many good other things on their cards. And they have good conditions on their builders. Now, it's free, the Spider-Foes, and now Goblin's builder is better. So they're just getting a whole lump sum of extra power. And as you know, Chris, this is my number one bad guy team right now. And I'm just having a blast still because this leadership actually feels fun now that you get to do it once per turn. Before, it's like, I don't have power. I don't get to use the leadership. You know, It just didn't feel fun. Hey, man. These are great changes. They're great changes for the affiliation. Like as a whole, right? Like these green goblin changes legitimately do breathe new life into a whole affiliation, which I think is huge because there are folks like you out there that love these these spider foe villains. This this the rogues gallery of Spider Man, and uh, yeah, this is great. You can play them competitively at this moment, like, and have a great chance. Of doing some good things. Especially if you know these characters, right? Because they're that's always been the cool thing about them is they all play so different. So if you can kind of learn to manage them as a team, it's very s- similar to the Sinister Sticks feel, right? You get really rewarded. I think it's super cool. Goblin's always been an incredible model, Chris. He's still the only model in the game that has a completely different front and back. I hope they do more design space like that in the future. But right now we have Goblin. Moving on. To a character, you know, Chris, I've played so much and love so much. It's Groot. He's been changed a little bit. I love Groot. He's good. He is very good. He just got to get him up in it somehow. So anyway, slow. let's get to the changes. Let's get to the changes. Well, the biggest change, because he is a medium-based model with a short move, that's still the same, but now his strike has been changed from range two to range three. This is a great change thematically, too. Of course, he can reach people with his arms, right? From range oh, three. Oh, yeah. And- this just helps him a lot, Chris. It helps him quite a bit. Well, range three, five dice, that is not a bad builder at all. That's not a bad strike at all. And I really think that his Tangling Vine superpower is just getting more and more viable. As the game goes on. Yeah. Yes. Now, moving on, his spender, which is still one of my favorite spenders in the game, it's just so expensive, went down from a cost of six to a cost of five. I am Groot. That, of course, is the range to strength of eight, and then you get to throw the target character. Notice, Chris, it just says throw the target character. Yes, they did not add a size restriction on I am Groot. Groot can throw the Hulks and Dormammus of the world. Once again, the theme is right, and I love this sort of love like it. cherry picking of only a couple characters can throw unrestricted sizes, and it's a big moment. It's a big expensive spender. That's good. It's very good. The last change on Groot's card, which doesn't surprise me at all because I'm guilty as this as well, because I would use it all the time. Living Plant. It's exactly the same. You still pay two power to heal three on Groot, which is... Groot's got his own med pack all game. It's so good. Very good. But now it's limited to only once per turn, because originally you could do it twice, and that was just ridiculous. I was going to say, you you, you poor Groot players. That's just so ter- such a loss. Oh Well... There's hardly any group players, so it just feels it That's feels true. worse onto them. But it makes sense. He's going to have more power now because of his strikes. This is a similar situation to the Goblin, Chris. They have to rein in things when they buff other things because he's got a range three strike now. Oh, I think that that range three strike. I I honestly think that's huge. It's going to help him. He's going to be able to play a part 
in the game instead of just being sitting on a point and like kind of a rocket activator, you know? Yeah, originally he would just sit on a point and like heal, you know? And he just guaranteed that point right. all game. And maybe he'd pass out some uh, tangling vines for the roots, which is always great. But he just didn't feel like he could ever reach anyone because he's he's a short mover, you know? It just, it hurt. This is very exciting. Now, moving on, Chris, we've talked about him before in greater detail. So I'm just going to go through him in quick passing. It's Hulk. He's the yep. biggest change in this grouping alongside probably Ebony Maw and Ghost Rider, but Hulk is by far the biggest change. Hulk's strike went up to a strength of seven. His physical defense is four now. His energy defense is three now, and his mystic defense is three now. So his defenses are way better. He got a new superpower called Hulk, not Puny Banner, though I will say it has changed slightly since Ominous and I did the episode because Atomic Mass kind of tweaked the dial again before this card came out. Hulk not Puny Banner now costs four instead of three, but it's still great. While Hulk is defending against a physical or energy attack during the modified dice step of the attack, Hulk may use the superpower. Hulk may reroll any number of his defense dice, including skulls. They're just helping him stay alive. It's just so good. Very good. He's he's a true sixth threat now. And they reined in, you won't like me when I'm angry. Originally, it was every three damage on Hulk, he got additional dice. Now it's every four damage. So I like these sort of tweaks, Chris, where they give him a whole bunch more defensive things, tools. They kind of rein in his damage a little bit. But then once again, his strike went up from six to seven. So he has the highest strike in the game alongside Dormammu, if you math out the skulls as well. So it's all going to even out in the end if you're playing Hulk right. And I'm very excited about this, but we're probably going to have to do some more Hulk deep dives in the future. 100%. Because you and I last episode talked about how they how they changed Gamma Launch. It has to be on Hulk's turn now, so it got weaker as well, but it's still a great card. I'm just excited about this Hulk future we have ahead of us. I, I don't think he's going to be everywhere, but I do think he's going to be a threat every time you fight him. You're going to see him. It, well, that's what I love about these changes now. You're no longer not going to see anybody ever, mm -hmm. ever again, except, I mean... Gamora is a great you know, example of that thought. Oh, I'm just so happy that she's back. We only saw her in Guardians, and very few players play Guardians. And it's just, she's here. I, I hope she's here to stay. I mean, other than in the Inhumans, people still aren't going to play the Inhumans. No. That's, you know, Marvel's just tried to make them work for forever, and they're just not not doing it. The people that love them love them, so that's good. Oh, that's I, I love Kamala. It's cool. And I Oh, mean, yeah, of course. Sir. Anyway, let's, let's move on. We're moving on. Iron Man. Oh, man. What a change, Chris. One simple minor change on Iron Man makes him viable. But then you also change some other models and he gets even better. I'm ecstatic about this change because I think a good Iron Man is healthy for this game. I've already been using him a lot. The change is Friday AI during the next action made by this character this turn, add two dice to the attack roll went down from three to two. And this doesn't sound like that big of a change, but it really is. It's huge. It's 100% huge. He can now, as a three threat, he is kind of an actual late game threat. He's going yeah. to be able to afford to Friday AI quite a bit. He is tanky. So if you keep him in the back lines of a gun line, you start losing some of your front line. He can step up and bat, yep. you know, Take kind of hits. be a replacement replacement hitter for those last two rounds to try to get those points and win you the game let's also not forget chris he's always been really good on his injured side because he gets the access to the unibeam oh yeah the beam five strength of six which you can friday ai for cheaper now as well which is really cool but huge this just 
brings him right in line, Chris. He immediately went into my Sam Swarm list. You know, mm-hmm. I've actually played him before the change in my Sam Swarm list. He was great. And now Friday AI being discounted, it's even better. Let me tell you, Chris, in Steve's Avengers, he's Friday AIing every turn. That's exactly where I was going to go with this. In Steve's Avengers specifically, he is a damage machine. We're talking about a six dice builder at range four on a three throw with a wild push attached. That's crazy. Well, and here's the best part, Chris. And this is why I said he kind of got even buffed inadvertently through the changes they've been making. Like you mentioned, Mashuri. Straight up, he is the only character in the game that has a strike with a push with no size restriction. He is the new Shuri, but in a much more interesting way because he can actually have damage spikes when she couldn't. And he's got to get the wild to get the push. So you don't, it's not a feels bad for your opponents, you know, just the auto push sort of thing from Shuri. I like it, man. It's good. I, I kind of wish they would have put a restriction, maybe size four on it, but. Hey, Amen. That's me. I got to respect it me. if I'm playing my Dormammu, you know, I've got to respect him. You absolutely do. But moving on to Kingpin, it's a very subtle change here, Chris. Hail to the King was changed to size three or less. The auto throw that once again, one of the better spenders in the game, it's a strength of seven spender for only three and he gets an auto throw and an auto stagger. (laughs) Every time I read it, I'm like, it's just so for three power power. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But now it's been size three or less. So originally people were kind of joking. Oh, Kingpin can throw Hulk or Darmammu with hail to the king. Right. It's been reined in. I mean, he's still throwing like Ultron or Venom. Like he he can throw big characters or lizard. He's still good, man. He's still great. <laughs> there's not there's not much more to say. Slight nerf, but that just brought him in line with everything else and with the new insight that mm-hmm. it wasn't right for these characters with auto throws and pushes like Shuri, you know, to just be able to Any size. Just outclass. Yeah. Outclass opponents where it didn't make sense in lore. So let's go ahead and move on to Medusa. That's right. So Medusa's had quite the changes, Chris. So it gets very complex, but basically, once again, reining in all these pushes and stuff. Originally, when she did her braid bash, if the attack dealt damage, if the target character was size three or less, they got pushed. Now you need a wild to do that. Okay. So that's good. That's good. But then they also changed her flurry. Her flurry was after this attack was resolved, character may make an additional braid bash attack. And it was only a wild. Now it's a wild and a crit. And this is good because now they also changed up the order where it's like, you've got some questions to ask yourself. Are you pushing them outside of your range with the wild? And then now are you going to trigger the flurry? If you had a crit in your dice result as well, you've got to think about things a little bit more. She's not auto push everyone away. She's just such a good model, Chris. And like, they just brought it down a hair, just like Corvus, like just a hair. It needed to be. It's, it's not right for a four threat to be out there affecting the game as if they were Thanos. It's just not. Oh, I I agree. That's all I got. That's all I got. And that's all they changed on her, Chris, which is crazy because, which is interesting. Yeah, she's still really good, man. I thought they were going to change Royal Decree because I just still think it's one of the coolest, most interesting, dynamic superpowers in this game about positioning. Choose another out character within range two of Medusa. Place this character now within range one of the chosen character or place a chosen character within range one of Medusa. Such a Swiss army knife, yeah. It's still only once per turn. It's still really good. That was in the original card as well. But it's just, I thought it was going to go up to three or something potentially, because I just think it's such a 
in the hands of a good player, it's just so malleable. But I think this push flurry change will be really more impactful than we think because, like I said, now you've got to get a wild to push, and then you also got to get a wild to get the flurry with a crit. It's like, oh, did you push them out of your range or did you keep them? Like, there's a lot of interesting questions happening here, and you got to get dice results to get these things. Very good. Bravo, AMG. Moving on to Modoc. We talked about him on the first episode, but basically they changed bow to the will of Modoc. It's now once per turn. So just like Enchantress, he can only use this once per turn. So he can't just bow to the will several, several characters. They also changed P-Brain. It's not as good. He can only be used once per turn as well because P-Brain just felt so bad. I felt like it's, you know, it's like playing clones in Legion where it's like they're just rolling dice over and over again until they yeah. get exactly what they want. Yeah. These are all good changes. <laughs> he's still a force. Yeah, he's still super effective, super good. He's just not a six threat and a five threat body anymore with these weird exploitables. He's probably still king of the five threats. I would think so, yeah. As in just like a generalist. Like I know he's got some weaknesses, but like he's just always going to be good in most situations. And some of the other five threats aren't, and that's okay. And right. he, you should still be afraid of him, as you should. Moving on, Chris, we've got a... It finally is here. We've got... Okoye on this list. Her th- Uh-oh. Her threat did not change. She didn't go up to three threat like a lot of people were theorizing. I think that's good. I think that's good too. But she did get reined in a little bit. I'm not sure it's enough. You know, <laughs> her being strong is probably still really important for all those Wakandan players out there. I'm okay with it. I don't mind seeing a character like Okoye around in a lot of places. There's only a couple changes. The first change is Vibranium Spear Blast, which is her range for... Four dice attack, it's really good for a two threat, just from range four away. Yeah. Originally, when you would attack and the attack was fully resolved, you got one power. That's gone now. I think that's super cool. Because so now it's just like, if you're going to sit around a point and just bodyguard people and just plank away with your spear lasers, at least you're not just auto-building power now. That's good. That is good. She is now going to be very power-starved, so you're going to have to use those bodyguards very sparingly or maybe perhaps more sparingly i just think that small change really brings things in line with her to be honest she'll have a few less bodyguards in a game if if she's around the whole game if you're playing her well the other change chris which i absolutely really do love is general of the door melage has been changed originally it was one dice in her attack and her attack pools and one dice in her defense pools re-roll now it's just once in her defense pool this thematically makes Good. more sense too like she Much. is the defensive powerhouse. She is also a martial artist. So she's still the tankiest two threat. But, you know, she's not just getting crazy spikes on her strength four and strength five dice, which are more like strength five and strength six on a two threat, you know, with a reroll. 100%. She's now just in line with other two threats. She's still probably like Modoc. She's probably mm-hmm. the most Around useful her. of all the two threats, but she's not going to affect the game in ways that she shouldn't be anymore. Right. I don't think. It doesn't take her usefulness away, doesn't make her easy to kill, anything like that. She just isn't going to get to bodyguard as much. She just isn't going to do as much damage during the course of a full game. That is 100% okay for this character type. Couldn't agree more. Moving on to Proxima Midnight, there's only one change, Chris, we already talked about earlier. It's Wife of Corvus Glaive. It's been reduced from range 4 to range 3. So... Just like we saw in Corvus, Proxima is no different. She has to be within range three of her spouse to get their double activation off. Very cool change. You know, it's important. Oh, and the most important part of this that I completely forgot to mention earlier is it costs one power now instead of zero power. Mm, That's big. So 
the range being decreased, okay. But the power, now we're getting into territory of, you've really got to think about how to spend your power with Black Order and stuff. They're really trying to rein in the best part of Black Order, which is always taking this couple. Right. I, I get it. I get it a lot. The range is the more interesting part to me. They're going to have the power, but once again, they won't have power to do as many spenders and stuff as the game goes on. So it will add up. Very cool. But that's it for Proxima. She still has the great kit that she's always had. She's still one of the best splashable threes in the game. She's really good. She is. I and I like her model. I She's a very likable three threat big time. Absolutely. Moving on to one of my favorite characters, Rocket Raccoon. You know, Chris, two things have been changed on Rocket. Everything else has stayed the same. Personal bodyguard has been changed in a great way. When this character is the target of attack and an ally group is within range two of Rocket instead of range one originally, this character may use a superpower. The ally group now becomes the target of the attack regardless of range, line of sight, everything. So you can see how Rocket and Groot are way better now because originally mm-hmm. it was rough, man, where Groot was a short mover with only range two attacks and you yeah. had to keep Rocket range one of him. It just really limited what they could do and you know what's really cool about this chris it all is full circle and makes sense because deadly duo is always range two where they're together and they get their multiple attack turn where Groot spins rocking around there's more of a through line for the kit now you want them range two of each other this is cool the final change here chris is absolutely incredible and now i've gone back to fielding rocket and Groot together (laughs) together all the time because originally i would actually split them up which sounds crazy but i had to because now Rocket has an innate superpower called Nimble. Rocket Raccoon does not suffer damage from collisions. Full stop. You can't throw stuff at him. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. He's already the squishiest character in the game, and you just throw Groot at him, and he would just die immediately. Yep. So now he always benefits from cover, and he can't throw things at him, so you've actually got to KO him the natural way. And I love this. And... We're going to see a lot more Rocket, my friend. I mean, I already had him in almost every list I've ever played. I already play him a lot. You and I play him more than most people, but he's he's never gone away from the game. But now he's just a guaranteed blaster in the back, and he's not afraid of throws. And now you truly will run Rocket and Groot together. And what's exciting about this to me, Chris, and we're going to get into this more in the future on a deep dive in the Guardians, they are a version of a five threat for the Guardians. They just are. Rocket and Groot are a piece together. Yeah. They're, they're two models, but they are five threat. They can hold their own against another five threat. And that is cool. I think it's incredible that Atomic Mass has kind of captured that. These minor changes in a lot of ways, but it is almost a repackaging. Just giving them that through line and that little bit, taking away that cheeky move of throwing you know, Groot at Rocket. It's just, it's great. I'm very excited to play the Guardians. Absolutely. Moving on to Shuri. We talked about this change before. Her Panther Gauntlets has been reined in to size three or less where she gets the auto push if she deals damage. This is great. She can still push large characters, Chris, size three. That's that's quite oh, a yeah. deal. And then the wording on upgrades has been changed to fit kind of the modern reroll steps of the game and modify like we talked about last episode. So very cool. But that's it for Shuri. Moving on to Star-Lord, Chris. I am very excited. There's two changes that have been on Star-Lord. I'm going to hit the first change because it's something he's always needed. He now has an active superpower, hit and run, take an action, Ooh, make an attack action, fall, buy a move action, cost him two power. So thematic of the character with rocket boots. He's a range four attacker. This is so cool. Now he can like actually 
go from one objective to another and shoot people along the way. And that's what he does in the comics and the movies. And it makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. He needed it because before he just he was always moving and then attacking. So now he can kind of get around that a little bit. But Chris, the biggest change, you know, bringing the Guardians on a new level. Winging it has changed. So Star-Lord still has winging it, his leadership. But now it's a little bit different. During the power phase, so this is every power phase of the game. So this will happen six times during the game. Choose up to three allied characters. Give each of the chosen characters a winging it token. While a character with a winging it token is attacking, defending, or dodging, and may spend a winging it token during the modified dice step to reroll up to two of its own dice. At the end of the round, remove all winging it tokens from all characters. You don't have to discard tactics cards anymore. Originally, you discard tactics cards and you get a bunch of winging tokens on one character. Now it's been kind of spread out. It's more fair, but it's just free. Happens every power phase. What I love about this, Chris, is like the theme is so good here because the Guardians are really just kind of playing on their feet. They've got to decide at the the top of a round where they want their rerolls defensively and attacking wise. And they just got to kind of, that's all they get for the round. It's so reactive. I love it. I love it so much. Well, I also love it because, you know, of course, the first thought I had on this, Chris, this type of player I am is, is this also a way to like gain your opponent as well? Where it's like, I'll just put a bunch of winged tokens on Nebula and she's kind of on your flank. Mm -hmm. And then I activate Nebula like fourth or fifth. But you thought I was going to activate her first, right? And you focus fire her. And maybe she survives with winged tokens. But it's like, now I go with Rocket with a deadly duo. It's just very interesting. There's a lot of reactive and interesting play. I think this is huge for Gamora because it gives her more defensive roles. Massive when she's about to make her charge into melee or into the middle of the board and really try to do some damage in round three. Some winging it tokens can be absolutely huge in knocking out that big character on on a point or surviving that big spender with Gamora, with your big damage dealer, to make it through one more activation to try to deal as much damage as possible. Let's also not forget, too, Chris, that you can use winging it tokens on Martial Prowess. That's gross. <laughs> that is. She's rolling five dice with rerolls on defense. That's gross, yeah. And now she's dealing damage yeah. to you? You weren't ready for it? I'm so excited. We're going to get into more Guardians thoughts in the future. I'll, I'm basically going to be playing them exclusively for some time. And I'm very excited. But we've got to move on to my favorite model from the core set. His name is Ultron. And he's been changed a lot. He's been changed a lot, Chris. Similar to Captain Marvel, truthfully. That's good. He has been an underwhelming fourth threat for a long time. He's been misaligned. He's been in a weird spot. Now, his health stayed the same. But a couple things change. Kinetic field generator, similar to Captain Marvel, his only terrain throw is now size four and originally was size three. So this is very, very cool. That's very big. Once again, it only costs three, Chris, to, to throw a four. So these are very cool things. That's very well priced compared to some other throws. And then, of course, one of the coolest things about Ultron is that he has a strike and he also has an energy blast. The strike gains him one power, auto, and energy blast gains him power equal to damage dealt. Both of these attacks were buffed up. His strike went from a measly four dice physical, which is the worst strike in the game, four dice physical. Yeah, yeah. To now six dice physical. Good. It only gains him one power, but still, it's a hearty punch. And now energy blast, it's still five dice, power equal to the damage dealt, which I think is still incredible at range four. 
but he has a wild trigger of giving incinerate now. And that is huge. You love that. You have to love it. It's just, it's so much. It's so much. And range four is, oof, that's good. That's very good. Also, Analyze and Annihilate has been changed. You know, this is one of those cards that like shortly after the course that came out, they kind of errated Analyze and Annihilate, made it better and more understandable how it works. Now, Analyze and Annihilate reads, when attacking, this character may reroll one of his attack dice for each crit in the opposing defense roll. The more crits the opponent has, you get to reroll more attack dice. So basically, Chris, if you roll bunch of crits in your defense, which is typically good for you. It is still good for you. You get to oh, yeah. roll more dice. Ultron gets a bunch of rerolls. Classic atomic mass taking something you like <laughs> and just adding a little little tweak. Just a little tweak. I like it. Ultron's going to be a fret on the board. Oh, I love it. He should be. He absolutely should be. He absolutely should be. And I think this is a cool place for him to be. Because once again, Chris... Him getting more consistent strikes because now he has incinerate, right? So he's getting more damage thrown on you and stuff. It only feeds the Age of Ultron more, which is his cool card where he comes back to life. And it's one of his most unique parts of his kit. You play it when you're playing him. Where do you see him fitting in now? Well, obviously he's still really good in Cabal because he deals damage against power. But I think the spice he plays for him in the exciting place, and I've been saying this for some time, now that he's buffed even better, it's Sin's Cabal. Because he mm. just goes to that back point and he's like damaging your team, yes, but he's also procking the sin leadership and kind of controlling that point and messing up messing up your extracts and secures. But then when you kill him, he just age Voltrons and just stays back there. So he's kind of doing the charge in strategy, look at me, focus fire me, and the rest of your team's kind of moving up the board and stuff. So I I think that's the first thought, but honestly, he's probably good on any team right now. He'd probably be a great guardian, for instance, because rerolls are good interesting and he always was pretty neat in that team but now i don't know it's interesting we will see where he fits but obviously both cabal teams is a great start and a strong start well 100 maybe his brotherhood size four throw who could be we've got to move on chris to valkyrie she's been changed it finally happened it needed to <laughs> it needed to starting with dragon fang her spender similar to medusa they changed the flurry. It's not just a wild now to trigger the free strike. It's a wild and a crit. This is an awesome change because Dragon Fang is an awesome attack. And it should be a little bit harder to get the free free strike off. It is a very, very good attack. And she is a very, very good character, even with these nerfs. Yeah. But of course, the big, the big nerf here is on Asgardian Might. Oh, I'm so happy about this one. Yeah, me too. The power costs went up from two to three. You know it. No more turn one, throw you off the points. <laughs> Just auto throw you turn one off that middle uh -huh. game. Yeah, this is Ugh. great. And this is probably where she should be, Chris, because she's a three threat. She's still Asgardian. She still gets two power every turn. You and I just sang the praises last episode of how powerful that is just on Danny alone, like getting two power. Oh, is big time. So she's still her own piece on that right, but it's been fixed. Will Valkyrie still be everywhere? Probably. <laughs> yep. Not like everywhere, everywhere, though. And I think this is why it's good. I do, too. Once again, more variety. It's good. It's good for all of us. Chris, we got to close with a very, very exciting change. I'm very happy about this. You know, I am, too. Winter Soldier, James Bucky Barnes, has been changed a little bit, and in a big way. Assault Rifle. It's still range five. It's still only four dice. Physical. But it's range five. Has rapid fire. 
as long as you get one hit in your dice results, you get to do it again. You don't even have to get damage through. You just have to roll a hit. That is correct. It still gives bleed. It's still range five. Let's frame this in the most interesting way now, Chris, because now it is the longest range rapid fire in the game. It's the only rapid fire that gives you power equal to damage dealt. So it has some ceiling things going on as opposed to the other rapid Mm -hmm. fires, which are so good, frankly. Punisher, Mystique, Agent Widow, they just know I'm going to get two power, essentially. But Bucky could get more than two power. That's what's interesting. He could get eight. (laughs) He could. Very unlikely, but (laughs) it's cool. I really think this is the heart and soul of this kit. And now you pair that with I Got Your Back, triggering Assault Rifle as well with Rapid Fire. Think about that. This is very cool. Now, I Got Your Back went up from two to three. Seems needed. But now, Chris, he can shoot that enemy that dazed your teammate twice with Rapid Fire. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. Range five on that, he can reach out and touch you. He's going to be able to use this got your back from a pretty good range. Mm -hmm. So you just keep him back, keep him scoring. What's not to like? That's a pretty good three threat. Yeah, now he can actually compete with Hawkeye, finally. Because originally it was like, Hawkeye is the range five, gives you a whole bunch of conditions, but then he's really mobile with his hook arrow. Yeah. Bucky is actually tankier. Because he does have the Spetnaz training, which it's so niche. It's only range one, but it's pretty cool. Right. When he gets in the fray, he can really start doing a couple extra things. Hydra Tactics has always been good, you know, kind of teleport Bucky up a little bit. So, and Red Fury is a great spender because once again, after it happens, you get to make an assault rifle attack. <laughs> so we could trigger rapid fire, right? So there's a lot of rapid fires mm. going off. And of course, Chris... He immediately went in my Sam roster, and he immediately went in my Guardians roster. We're just trying them out. We're trying them out. I feel like some winging it tokens could be pretty big for that assault rifle. That may be some power game. Just thinking. (laughs) Just thinking. You know, Chris, it's pretty strong against your opponent when you daze one of my models, I get to move someone short, and then Bucky gets to respond. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm I'm really excited about this. I'm still bummed that he's not affiliated with any teams in the game. That really does bum me out. I was hoping he'd get the Taskmaster treatment. He'd get like Avenger or Wakanda, you know, just one or two teams that he's affiliated with, but he's still a rogue agent for other teams. Sure. Kind of like Taskmaster with the Criminal Syndicate. So far, that's not the case, but maybe it's something that AMG could do in the future. I think it'd be really cool just to be able to use a tactics card from that team on him. But for now... I think he's in a good spot. He's finally in a good spot. Hey, don't rule out the idea of getting a second version of this character. Okay, I won't. White Wolf. That's what I'm saying, man. Hey, look, he was Captain America for a while, too. I know. Three different Captain Americas could be cool. Well, Chris, that's the end of our character card reveal. And man, these are exciting changes. There is so much to digest here. There are so many tweaks in a game where nuance and minutia matters. So it's going to take us some time to really get the full picture of what is happening right now. Yeah. But I am very excited to watch that picture come into focus. Yeah, I couldn't be happier, Chris. I mean, it's funny that like a lot of characters on this list are some of my favorite characters to play and always have been. Mm-hmm. So it's just a huge win for me personally as just a fan of these characters. I played so much Hulk, so much Ultron, so much of the Guardians, so much Ghost Rider, and, and then, of course, Ebony Maw. 
And then some of these changes like are drastic, like Ultron, Hulk, Ebony Maw, yeah, Ghost real. Rider. These are different characters straight up. The Guardians have a different leadership. So we've, we've got a lot of things to f- try out here, to feel out, splash these characters in different ways. Valkyrie, Enchantress, and Medusa are all been taken down a peg. So the reign of these three ladies is kind of down a bit. And that's interesting too. It's going to open up new places in the game for, you know, three threats and four threats that people were kind of ignoring because they had these three threats and four threats. Let's not forget Shuri, you know, getting taken down somewhat. It's good. It's very good. I, man, I am just so curious to see the changes in the performance of Wakanda specifically and the Guardians, like we were saying with these changes. You know, who knows? Like you were saying at the top of the episode, mm-hmm. are we going to see some more kind of sneak in as they continue to see more and more data come through? It's just not sure what the future is going to hold for the game. And that's kind of what's so exciting. Other than I firmly believe it's all good things. Yeah, it's a brave new world right now, Chris. We've already talked about how dramatic the rules changes were going forward. Huge. Like last episode, you and I just talked so much about what this means for the game with rules, the crisis change, the priority change, the tactics card change, the gym change, the alter ego change. And then we get character changes on top of that. We bring down the powerful characters. We bring down the Modoks. We bring down the Shuri's, Enchantress, Valkyries, Medusas. And then we bring up all these characters that have been forgotten, frankly. The Ultrons, the Captain Marvels. Oh, yes. The Groots. How can you forget about the Groots? So much table time is needed to really wrap a head around it, you know? Yep. My uh, Life of Crime Groot will be back because I still (laughs) think Groot is just a scary pick in Criminal Syndicate. I truly think that. He also has We Are Groot where he heals your whole team (laughs) and sitting on those points, man. So I'm just very excited for this time. I'll be playing a lot of Guardians. This is why my Angela got finished recently, finally. I have all the Guardians fully painted. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's time. It's so time. It's time. It's time to return to the Milano. And also it's time to try some things out. Like we talked about, Chris, like try Gamora interesting places. Try Ultron interesting places. Experience this new Hulk on the board. You know, experience this new Bucky. What does this mean for the game that we actually have a rogue agent who's as good as Taskmaster? You know, these are little tweaks here and there that are really going to open up the game and open up people's creativity. Like you and I talked about last episode. That's what's truly the huge win here. Fun and creativity and excitement because I know there's a lot of Bucky lovers out there and they're happy right now. Oh, they should be. Congrats to you all. Yeah, I'm very happy. And, you know, my proxy sculpt couldn't be here in a more perfect time. You know, Chris, I'm, I'm ready to get that MCU Bucky on the board. Oh, I believe it. It's just exciting. It is very exciting to live in this brave new world. But I have to ask you, Jesse, mm. closing out, give me the number one change in all of these characters we talked about today that you are excited about. Personally, you got to pick one. Just a change on a character? Well, no. You can be creative with it. Just w- what sticks out? It doesn't have to, we don't have to limit it with, with a narrow focus. I think it's truly some of these big, dramatic, defensive changes on some of these high threat characters. So the first thing that comes to my mind is telekinetic deflection on Ebony Maw. Just he ignores collisions as long as he can pay for the power. Mm-hmm. Or the. Mm-hmm. Hulk not puny banner where he can Hulk can pay power to do a bunch of defensive rerolls or giving Ghost Rider four immunities. These are all like changes that I was not ready for, frankly. And I think they're super cool for these characters because they're going to stay around longer. And now we lost all you got. 
So they were already going to stay around longer in general. So I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest change for me is these new interesting superpowers that buff defenses or give characters new immunities. Like, you know, Carol being immune to incinerate now. I think that's big for it's her. It's really cool. You know, and these are the sort of things where it's like they're sneaky, you know, they're sneaky changes. They're not as flashy as like the big strength on the attacks changes or like the big health changes, but they're there, you know. Excellent answer. I knew that limiting you would be a mistake. <laughs> so now we got to hear yours. Well, yeah, and I'm going to go with a little bit more focused answer, but it's just kind of for the state of the game. I, I just, I love that Steve Rogers, Captain America, is. There we go. Not just a good, good, like, you know, really good leadership. We've already, we've always known that. And he's always had a niche. It's not like he was useless on the board. Right. But he's not just buffed up Okoye anymore. He is a very threatening character that you will have to account for and that is going to be able to change the game in many ways now. And I am very excited for that. I don't really play him. I don't even particularly love Steve Rogers as as a character. I do love the Ed Brubaker run. It's very fun, but you know, he's he's whatever. He doesn't do a lot for me, but I think having him be very, very good and having his team be very good and being able to see him splashed around, I think that's good for the health of the game. That might be a little melodramatic. That might be overstating things a little bit, but I, I really think with characters like him and Iron Man, Tony Stark, yeah. I really think it is huge for some younger kids and just some some curious fans that just love the MCU. I think it's very big that they can be able to use them viably, competitively. I think it's great. And that is that is the change I like the most. I couldn't disagree with that notion at all. I think Cap being really strong is obviously a huge high point for this game to get new players in. And I'm very excited about it. And it's similar to Chris, like giving Star-Lord a viable leadership and hit and run. All the people out there like me that really love the Guardians have a soft spot for them. They're going to see the Guardians pick him up for this game. And, oh, Star-Lord feels like Star-Lord. He's hidden running with his attack. You know, he's shooting and then flying away to a back point. Like, these are cool things that add a lot to the game. And, uh, you know, new superpowers is what caught me off guard the most with this, Chris. Just all these new superpowers. It's just so neat. Yeah, that was not expected at all, but a very cool change. And now going forward, we just have more parameters for what they're willing to do now that we've seen them do it once. So we kind of know more what to expect going forward when, you know, when version three is needed, because, you know, it's going to happen. It might one day, but until then, this is what we have and it's time to get out there and start trying all these changes. I'm very excited. Fury's Finest is sponsored by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations. And if you leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, it really helps us out. We really appreciate it. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And like Jesse said, guys, it's so, so helpful. And we've been so, so blessed by you guys as it is. Absolutely. Let's just keep going, baby. Let's just keep pushing. Keep pushing. We can't thank you enough for every review that comes in. We say it every week and we'll continue to say 100%. it. 100%. There's a reason the show's been around over two years now and we'll continue. And that's because you guys listen every week, you share the show, and you give us reviews. And the patrons keep our bills paid. So we cannot thank you enough. Love it. 
You can find Chris and I on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. And sometimes I'm on that Marvel Crisis Protocol Facebook group, which is growing by the day. Chris, where can everyone find you? Not on Facebook. Um, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. And that is correct. You will not find me in the Facebook group. I'm sorry that so much the MCP conversation happens there. But if you ever want to chat, just at me on Twitter. I would happily love to talk to you about MCP. Well, of course, you're in our patron Discord, too. And we have a lot of good conversations there. Shh, don't tell people. <laughs> well, that's going to be it for this week. So thanks for listening, true believers, and all will be metal. Excelsior. <laughs> you were ready for that. Got me. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 